Well, if, uh, if you are a good Bible student and you love to find little uh, cool niches in Scripture, here's something good for you to notice. When you read the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see Jesus often quoting Old Testament passages of Scripture. Here's just a little key for you. Jesus quoted from the book of Deuteronomy more times than he quoted from any other Old Testament passage of Scripture. In fact, let me give you an example. When Jesus is facing Satan in the wilderness, uh, being tempted after 40 days of fasting, when Satan comes three times to Satan, three times Jesus responds back to him saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. And in all three times, he quotes from the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy, also uh, where we see a lot of the law of Moses come in, very viable, very important in the Jewish concept. In fact, I taught you last week out of the Shema, Deuteronomy chapter 6. The Shema is the first word of the verse, which means hear or listen. And if you remember, I taught you last week that in the Jewish concept, hearing and listening also means doing. And you didn't hear and you're not listening unless you are following whatever that statement is. And, and so every morning, a good Jew will recite the Shema as they begin their day. And they recite the Shema in the evening before they retire to bed. It is their declaration you see it there on your message notes, and you can say it out loud with me. Ready to go. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, it, the Lord our God is one, and you are to love the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. That's the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Then there's a second action verb there, and I want you to circle it. It says to love. You see that? Verse five, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, and your strength. This is so important that when a Jewish boy or girl first learns to speak, the first passage of scripture taught to a child by its mother and father was the Shema. The Shema is the first words a child is taught to recite. In fact, if a, per, a Jewish person is, at his, is on their deathbed and they are coherent enough to know that they are about to enter into eternity, a, a good Jew will quote the Shema and hope the Shema is their final words. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you are to what? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and strength. Today we're going to look at this word love in the Shema. Because it's, the Hebrew word is very important. Just like the word hear or Shema has this meaning of also doing, I need you to understand that the word in Hebrew for love, and we live in a world that has totally messed up the definition of love. Everybody has an opinion of what love is now. And it's so far-fetched in many aspects from what biblical love or God's love is or how God defines love. Here's how God defines true love for him and, one for, and love for one another. Look at this. Write this down. The love in Hebrew means this, affection displayed through devotion and action. How many of you have ever had somebody say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And the whole time they're saying, I love you. In the back of your mind, you're going, if you love me so much, you'd do what I've been asking you to do. 
Come on, parents. If you love me so much, you would be minding me right now. Come on, somebody. If you love me so much, you'd be taking care of me. If you love me so much, you'd be paying the bills. If you love me so much, sometime or another, we do live in Missouri, you've got to show me. There's something to this. And this is the biblical form of love. In God's economy, love is devotion and action together. It's not simply lip service. The first song we sang today is, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Look at Romans 5, 8, in-house, online, read it out loud with me, ready, go. Here's where God showed his love to us. He modeled it, read. But God proves his own love for us in that while who? We were still sinners. Christ died for us. Now, I know that messes with some of you in this room because you're saying, he lived 2,000 years ago. Here I am. How can I quote? I can't quote this verse. It's not written in past tense. It's present, past, it's present tense. It is, it's written as if I'm saying this. Absolutely. It is just as much for you as it was for the original audience. And if the Lord tarries, the next generation and the generation that'll follow, it'll be just as true for them. Look up here, I need to tell you that God, the scripture tells us that God in Christ is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He knew the end from the beginning. So catch this, catch this, catch this. Get this down in your spirit. That means when Jesus went to the cross to pay for the sins of the world, he wasn't just paying for the sins of the world of his time. You and I get all messed up tonight when we watch the news. We get all messed up with the evil of the world. Now put that in the mindset of Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago as he looked through every single generation of time and saw the ability of evil, the level of evil. He saw yours and mine. And you want to understand the great love of God? You want to see just how unfathomable, how, how indescribable the love of God is? Take all of the sins of the world that blows your mind and take that for thousands of years, generation after generation, generation multiplied upon top of itself, and also all the generations that are yet to come and the evils that hadn't even happened yet. And understand Jesus saw every one of them when he went to the cross. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'd been Jesus in my Cuban flesh, this is how it goes, y'all. I would have looked over time and said, not going to happen on my watch. This thing's over. Let's end it right here and right now before all that came. Look at the amazing love of God. He saw you, he saw me, he saw all the evils of the world, and yet he loved us so much. He said, I'm still going to give them a chance. I'm still going to pay for their sin, and every one of them, whoever calls upon my name, shall be saved. That's the love of Jesus. That's the love of God. I want you to think about this. God showed his love, not just in words, but in, through Jesus on the cross and rising from the grave, and what? action. So our fourth code that we are looking at as we study these 10 codes, these 10 biblical values for ourselves and our church, here's number four, write this down. We believe love matters. We believe understanding God's love matters. And here's our challenge for us and for you is we should express God's love. We should express God's love.
God's love can't just be lip service, ladies and gentlemen. It has to be followed in action. In fact, now when you go to the New Testament and you read words like this out of John chapter 14, it has a little more weight to it, a little more meaning to it. John 14, verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. In other words, Jesus says, hey, if you understand what I know about love, what I know about love is don't just keep coming to me saying, I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. But you don't do anything that I've been telling you to do. Right. Last week I said we are we are um, we are educated far beyond our obedience. And, And sometimes what God's saying is, is quit telling me you love me and start showing me you love me. How do we show God that we love him? Jesus said it here by obeying what we already know. By obeying the word of God and the commandments of God. Later on, John would write uh, some more letters. He'd write 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and the book of Revelation. And when he wrote 1 John chapter 2, look at it on the screen and look at these words. If you've ever questioned if you're truly saved or not, if you've ever had that thought, do I really love God? Here's a, here's, here's a good way of evaluating yourself. Read with me. But whoever keeps his word truly in him, read it. The love of God is made, What? complete or, or it's made mature, right? How do you know you're growing in your faith and you're coming to a place of maturity? How do you know you're truly saved? Well, he answers it. Look at the next line. This is how we know we're in him. The one who says he remains in him, read, ready, should walk just as he walked. Now let's clarify this for a moment because if I don't, everyone's going to leave here today or watch online, going to close their computers or turn off their TV saying, no one can be saved because there's one problem between us and walking like Jesus. Jesus was sinless and we are, yeah, we're not right. We're sinners. It's not saying we walk just like Jesus walked as far as pure and sinless. What the, what John is saying here is here's how you know if you're truly saved or if you're just religious. If you're just religious today, you're checking off a box. You don't want to go to hell check. The way not to go to hell is to be a Christian. Check. Pray that little prayer with a pastor at the end of his sermon. Check. Get in the water and get wet. Check. Go to starting point. Join this church. Check. Attend church on Sunday because that's what religious people do. Check. Give a little money in the offering plate because that's what religious people do. Check. If that's all this is for you, then yes, you need to take a good examination of your salvation. Because here's where the difference comes. It's not in checking the boxes, it's in the motive behind why you check the boxes. Because here's what John says. John says, if we are truly in him, then we will love him. The question is this, do you serve God because you love God? Do you have a desire to know God? Do you want to be like Jesus? It's not if if you're perfect. None of us can live up to his perfection, but we're made perfect in Christ. So what should be our goal? Our goal should be every day to get up and say, I want to do right. And listen, the more you love him, listen, we all know this. You do not want to offend someone you love. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness from somebody? If you truly love someone and you know what hurts them or offends them, if you truly love them, you will do your level best not to hurt or offend them. This is why Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Because if, here's, here's, the, here's the way we measure ourselves. Do I love the Lord enough not to do the things I know offends him? And if I do, 
Does it break my heart that I broke his enough to confess it and to repent of it? Because confession, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Why? Because he loves you that much. How many of you today would say, Pastor, I love the Lord and I want to live for the Lord? It's not about are you perfect. It's just, do you have this desire inside your heart to love the Lord? This is why James, the half-brother of Jesus, would say, be doers of the word and not hearers only. We know that, that to hear the Lord means to obey the Lord, but now you're understanding today of why we obey the Lord. We don't obey the Lord to check a box. We obey the Lord because we love him. Love matters. Loving God matters. Let me give you a great illustration. How many know that Jesus loved this guy named Peter? Peter would go on and be one of the great apostles, lead the church, be a great man of God. But you know what? Peter was as human as you and I, and he made some royal mistakes. Come on, somebody. In fact, on the night Jesus needed Peter the most, the night Jesus needed Peter the most, when he was betrayed by Judas and being taken and going through mock trials, Peter had three opportunities to stand up for Jesus. Three opportunities when someone said, I believe I met this man before and he was with Jesus. I've heard this man's voice before. He was with Jesus. And all three times, Peter, who's overwhelmed by the moment, Peter, who's afraid, Peter, who's intimidated, Peter, who can't figure out what in the world to do next, Peter gives into his flesh to protect his own skin. Three times, Peter says, y'all, I don't know him. Now listen, this is Peter, y'all, who's going to become the leader of the church, a great man of God, who's going to go up into Rome and preach the gospel. But he denied the Lord three times on the night Jesus needed most. You know what some humans would do? Humans would look at that and say, uh, we're going to write Peter off. We just write Peter off. Excommunicate from the church. Don't give him no leadership position. Peter, he, he failed the Lord when the Lord needed most. We can't use a man like Peter. Thank God God doesn't look at us the way we look at one another. Come on, somebody. Because you know what God was looking at? Not his actions. What was he looking at? His heart. You know what God knew about Peter? He knew really down deep inside. Peter loved the Lord. He just wasn't strong enough. He just wasn't mature enough yet, but he loved the Lord. A few days after the resurrection, Peter is so upset about everything going on that he looked at the brothers and said, y'all, I'm going back fishing, what I used to do. He goes fishing, some of the disciples follow him. They fish all night long. Early the next morning, when they get up, they're rolling back to shore. Jesus is resurrected, standing on the side of the beach with a campfire and breakfast cooking. Peter gets up on the beach and finds Jesus there with breakfast and they sat down together and look at the verse. When they had eaten breakfast, wouldn't y'all love to have been there at that breakfast meal? That'd been a day, right? When he had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, read with me, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Next statement from Jesus, what is it? Feed my Lambs. You notice what Jesus didn't say? Jesus didn't say, I love you too, bro. You catch that? Jesus didn't say, oh, it's all good. We're chill. I know you denied me three times, but I just asked you if you love me. And you say, yes, Lord, I love you. Fist bump. Didn't do any of that. What does Jesus do? Jesus says, okay, it's time for you to show me. Feed my lambs. Let's go back to the verse. Look at this. How many times, by the way, did Peter deny the Lord? Look at this. 
Jesus asked him how many? The third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Let's just stop there for a moment. Look at that little phrase, Simon, son of John. I don't know about you, but anytime my mama didn't say Chris, but she used my full name, Christopher Wayne, I knew I was in for it. Anybody else in the room? Come on, somebody. How about online? Come on, somebody. Here Jesus says, I see you, brother. Here Jesus looks at Simon. He says, Simon, son of John. <laughs> you think Peter raised up in his seat? You better did. You better believe he did. Do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, three times. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. What's the next word? It's Jesus. Feed my sheep. Look up here. Why? Remember the Jewish concept of love here. Love here is not just saying, yeah, I love you. Okay, well, just keep blowing it. No, love means also action. And it means there's time for a change. There's time to turn around. There's a repentance to take place here. Do you really love the Lord? Then it's time to obey the Lord. Do you really love the Lord? Okay, listen to him. Do you really love the Lord? Quit talking about it and start living it out. Do you really love the Lord? Show me. That's what Jesus was saying to Peter here. He was saying, okay, Peter, I need you to show me you love me. Now watch this, watch this. This is where it gets so deep, but it's so cool at the same time. Are you ready for this? How do we express our love back to God? According to this verse, to, to show our love back to God, watch this, watch this, it's twofold. Number one, it's this. It's by obeying what he has said. Because you're not showing your love back to God if you say, I love you, but you don't do what he said. But if you do what he has told you to do, if you're living the way he's called you to live, if you're following the scriptures and being obedient and doing the best you can, Jesus says, show me you love me by obeying my commandments. What did Peter have to do? He had to obey the command of Jesus to go feed the lambs. That brings in the second piece. We express our love to God through obedience. We express our love to God's people through ministry, through serving one another. Every once in a while, someone well-meaning will say, Pastor, I don't need the church to be saved. Right, you don't have to go to church to be saved. Amen to that, I agree with that. But if you're saved, you'll wanna be in a church. Because Jesus called us to live out our faith in an assembly together of brotherhood, why? Because one of the ways we show our love for God is how we serve one another. And if you don't assemble with God's people, you can't serve one another. Peter's job of service was feeding the sheep of God, feeding the lambs of God. I've got a friend, Robbie Gallaty, wrote a book. I would recommend this book to any of you. It's called The Forgotten Jesus. It's not a quick read. It's a hard, it's, you know, it's, it's, it makes you stop and think. You have to chew on it a little bit. It gives you a lot of the Jewish culture. If you're into that, if you love that, those little pieces I give you, you'd love this book. He makes a statement. He's, this is his quote in the book. He says, the more you get to know God, the more you will love God. The more you love God, the more you will obey God. And the more you obey God, the more God will reveal himself to you. This is our year of discipleship. We're talking about what's it look like to be a disciple, how to hear the voice of God. That's why I keep encouraging you to get in the Bible and read the scriptures for yourself. Get on one of the apps and do the Bible reading plans. Watch our YouTube videos and listen to our podcasts as we teach through the Bible. 
Uh, Take notes when you're here on Sunday. Make sure you're going over it through the week. You need to keep knowing the word because the more you get to know God through him and through his word and in prayer, the more you're gonna fall in love with him. And the more you fall in love with him, the more you wanna do what he said, the more you'll wanna obey him. And the more you obey him because you love him, the more he's gonna reveal himself to you in beautiful ways. Amen? That's exactly what Jesus did when he taught the Shema in Mark chapter 12. We looked at it last week when the scribe said, tell me what the most important commandment is. You remember he quoted the Shema. Listen Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. But you remember what Jesus did next? He added Leviticus 19, 18 to the list. He added a verse to the Shema. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's exactly what he just taught Peter. Right, that we just saw he would teach Peter after the resurrection. Love God by expressing obedience. And what does God want you to do in obedience? Follow his commands and serve people. Love one another. John would write this down in John 13, 34. Look at the verse with me. He says, Jesus said these words, I give you a new command, love one another just as I've loved you. You are to love one another and by this, say those two words with me, by this. One more time, come on everyone. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus says the way you convince the world that I'm real is by the way you express your love to God through living a life of obedience to God and the way you love one another by serving each other. That's how the world is convinced. You know, I I tease you a lot by saying, hey, you better watch what you're putting out on social media. I never see what any of you put on social media, by the way, because I intentionally don't look. I just know people. I just know our culture right now, right? But I do know this. I know the world is watching you who claim to know Christ. And by your actions of obedience to the Lord and the way you treat other people and represent yourself, according to this verse, tells the world if you truly are a follower of Jesus or not. Do you really love the Lord? Then you want to follow him. Now, here's the thing. I know this. There are many people who want to love God and love others. But you struggle and you're like, why why am I struggling? And here's what I found being a pastor for so long. There's a lot of people sitting in churches today, maybe you're here, and you can't fully love God and fully love people for one reason. And it's our big takeaway for the day. And it's this reason, because you won't give yourself permission to receive God's love first. There are so many people who wanna love God and love people, but they won't let God love them. And until you receive God's love, you can't fully reciprocate God's love for other people. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna lead us in a time of prayer. Then our musicians are gonna come back up. And I truly believe there are some of you in this room today that maybe be saved, may have been baptized already, joined the church, been serving God for a long time, but you've never let God just love on you. Today I wanna challenge you just to receive the love of God. He loved you first that while you were still a sinner, Jesus died for you. Just receive that. Then you can reciprocate it back to him and to other people.